we'll train them young to be comfortable at the front of the church and we'll have have lots of people that won't be afraid of being behind the pulpit in, in a few years. So, Anyway, I uh, want to introduce you to, or no introduction necessary, but uh, welcome here, Harold, and, uh, and God bless you as you speak to us. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it, it really uh, is a sense of, of not feeling like a visiting speaking engagement being here because, boy, I've been, I feel like I've been connected with this church in one way or another for 30 years, uh, coming out here when I first served at Turtle Mountain back in 1984, and, uh, of course, uh, many, many times uh, since then. But um, I see we've got some technical challenges. And uh, just if you get a chance uh, to take a note, um, we'll keep working at this. There we go. All right. Um, one of the things, if, how many of you guys get our, um, um, I was going to say Manitoba Missionary, but our Canada's Hope magazine? You got a magazine within the last couple of weeks? Okay, a few of you. Uh, in that magazine, I have an article called Harold's Humor. It's my lame attempt to try and lighten up the, uh, the information inside there. And one of the things that, um, if you've read the article, you know that uh, I've, I've got some bizarre collections, you know. And one of them is bulletin bloopers. And, and I didn't really find any in the bulletin this morning, aside from some communication got lost between me uh, and the title of the sermon and what got into the bulletin. So I'm not sure if when I communicated with Vern, if I said uh, the normal in parentheses, so I meant to say in quotation marks. But anyway, so that was, uh, that's kind of what happened there. It's actually the normal Christian life instead of the normal in brackets. But my collection started back in 97. I was in Saskatchewan, and I noticed the church bulletin announcement about some of my Bible school colleagues, and it said this, um, April 24, fundraising supper for Joe and Carol Guther. Uh, it was supposed to be Gunther. They missed the end, so there's a typo there. <laughs> it is to raise funds for ministry that is lacking. <laughs> I'm like... Okay, what's lacking here, folks? The ministry or the funds, you know? And so, so that my collection kind of started. And, and let me just share something. This wasn't supposed to be part of the sermon, but uh, whoever printed the bulletin, you're at fault here. Um, <laughs> here here's one. I, and I didn't see this one. Someone else saw this one. Bertha Belch, a missionary from Africa, will be speaking tonight at Calvary Memorial Church in Racine. Come tonight and hear Bertha Belch all the way from Africa. <laughs> A new speaker system has been installed in the church. It was given by one of our members in honor of his wife. Notice the, uh, the ladies are a little quieter on that one. Uh, the peacemaking meeting scheduled for tonight has been, scheduled, has been uh, canceled due to a conflict. Uh, and some of these you might have heard of before. Uh, Weight Watchers will meet at 7 o'clock at the First Presbyterian Church. Please use the large double doors. Uh, the, the, the low self here. This one, I don't know if it was the same bulletin, but low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday from seven to eight thirty p.m. Please use the back door. You know. The, well, anyway, so so feel free to um, if you uh, if you read the bulletin, find interesting things, uh, send that stuff to me because I love collecting uh, that sort of stuff. It just keeps uh, keeps church life uh, uh, fun and interesting. 
Well, this morning I want to speak on the topic of the normal Christian life. And I want to look at three different things as we look at the normal uh, Christian life. We want to look at the Word. What did Jesus teach uh, about what can we expect in our Christian journey? And then we're going to look at the world. What's happening in our world? And then finally I want to stop by asking a question. How will you respond when what the normal Christian life, what other Christians are experiencing in the world, knocks at your door? Before we look at the word, um, I just wanted to share with you some of, uh, we're, we're going to uh, take a look at some of the headlines from around the world. And uh, before we look at the serious ones, here's some of the more uh, lighthearted ones. Uh, this one says, uh, man struck by lightning faces battery charge. You know? <laughs> uh, here's one, uh, enraged cow injures farmer with axe. You know? uh, uh, something went wrong in jet crash, expert says. Oh, you don't say, you know. Um, Here's one. Um, experts say school bus passengers should be belted. You know, so kind of a double meaning there. <laughs> if you've been in California, you might understand this one. After detour to California, shuttle returns to Earth. Well, anyway, so we'll, we'll take a look at some of the actual headlines in our world in just a bit. But let's start by praying and uh, committing our time to the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, just... Uh, the the guidance it gives us, the uh, direction in life. And as we look this morning at a very sobering topic, we just ask that uh, your spirit would speak uh, to each one of our hearts. pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. For you, Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Just an update uh, before we uh, proceed into the message on uh, things happening with the mission. Um... Uh, Turtle Mountain, as you probably know, you've probably all been to Turtle Mountain, right? I mean, I, I'm kind of assuming that, right? Um, they're they're uh, just on the verge of starting a very new, uh, exciting building phase, and there's going to be more information coming in the new year. But uh, basically, for now, be in prayer that uh, God's going to guide, direct, and uh, provide for a, a, a huge, huge project that's coming, uh, probably the biggest uh, thing uh, in that camp's history. Uh, and so, yeah, so big, big things coming up. And uh, we're planning to have our, uh, our annual concert tour in Killarney here, uh, either the first or the second or third, one of the, one of the, fri- one of the Fridays in April anyway, and that's going to be the kickoff to the big uh, campaign for, uh, for what's happening at Turtle Mountain. I want to invite you to turn with me uh, in your Bibles. Actually, uh, we'll start in Matthew 5, but we'll be uh, journeying over to John 15, where the scripture reading was. But uh, Jesus taught... Uh, as he talked uh, about the Christian life, that uh, persecution was something that's, that we should expect in our uh, Christian lives. Notice in uh, um, eight sentences into the Sermon on the Mount, just right at the start of Jesus' teaching, he mentions persecution. He says, blessed are you not if they revile and persecute you, but when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets that were before you. That's right from uh, the Sermon on the Mount. There's another passage, and uh, I know we've all kind of have our favorite uh, passages to memorize, our favorite verses, you know, like Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, you know, all that, and and Philippians 4, 19, you know, my God's going to supply all your needs and stuff. Here's one I'm guessing that no one here has memorized. Philippians, or 2 Timothy 3.12, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
I mean, that's like, who wants to memorize that stuff? You know what I mean? It's one of those things we definitely don't, uh, we, don't we don't wake up in the morning, Lord, I claim the promise that I'm going to suffer persecution if, uh, if I live for you. You know what I mean? We definitely don't, you know. If you looked at the uh, lives and the apostles, Jesus' disciples, I mean, wasn't it all of them that died uh, for their faith? The book of Revelation describes the persecution and the murder of believers. And so... Uh, and, and in uh, Revelation 20, verse 4, describes the method of choice. And we see so much of this in the world. People, uh, just the, the awful things. People being beheaded. and Oh, it's just gross. We won't uh, talk too much more about that. But I uh, want to look at John chapter 15 and verses uh, 18 through 16 and verse 4. So um, John 15 and verse 18 says this. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, therefore the world hates you. It's taking a little bit of uh, coordination here, just uh, combining the the PowerPoint and and reading the scripture. Uh, Verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled which was written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning." These things I have spoken to you that you may not be made to stumble. They will put you out of uh, synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you thinks that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember I told you of them. Again, very sobering, very, you know, it's not like, okay, you know, I need to pick me up this morning and, yeah, you're, as Christians, the normal thing is to suffer persecution. You know, it's not exactly where we live. But I was just thinking, you know, in the missions context, in the context of a mission conference, um, generally, I, you know, I've, I've grown up in the church, and so we're generally told, you know, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, you know, and, and it's uh, mission conferences are a challenge to go. But I submit to you, that if we're not sharing Christ right here, um, there's not going to be a whole lot of going, if you know what I mean. If we're not sharing Jesus with our neighbors here, I mean, we could go to Africa or whatever. What's going to happen, right? But the same thing that's happening here. So uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is we need to be examining our hearts, even in the, uh, the, the comfort, the peace that we experience in our culture. And as God stirs those hearts with a passion for him, that's going to drive us to, you know, to uh, want to share the gospel across the street and around the world. So that's why it's just kind of a more sober look this morning at, at what's happening. The, uh, the so-called normal Christian life is described by Jesus. Um, hardships are certainly part of, uh, of what he uh, expressed would happen. 
I want to take the next section of the message and just talk about some of the things that are happening in our world. And, uh, of course, if you've watched the news, if you read any, any of the news at all, you'll be familiar with some of the stuff that's happening. But certainly, uh, as Vern mentioned, uh, it's, it's, it's like it's kind of, you know, coming closer and closer all the time. You know, like we live in this, in this peace, this kind of this bubble sort of thing, this tranquility right now. But uh, uh, I guess if there's anything you get into this message this morning is, if and when persecution comes, how will you be prepared to stand? I want to start at home here and, and talk about some of the things that, uh, that have been happening in the last while. Our camps are part of what's called the Manitoba Camping Association. It's kind of a standards association that uh, they go to the camps and make sure that they're up to health standards and, and all this stuff. And it's uh, not a Christian organization, the people in leadership there. Uh, I think there's a few Christians on that association, but certainly not all to my knowledge. Uh, they were doing an ins- inspection of uh, one of our camps, Gimli Bible Camps, some time ago. And they were looking around at different uh, activities and stuff. And they're like, okay, you know, this is cool. You got kayaks, you got canoes, you got this, that, the other thing. And then the bell rang and stuff. And all the, all the campers went and headed for the chapel. And these people from MCA said, oh, what's, what's happening now? <laughs> and the camp director said, oh, this is chapel time. It's like, oh, okay, well, what happens in chapel time? Well, they could sing and they learn about God. And this, this committee from uh, Manitoba Camping Association said, oh, really? What if a camper doesn't want to be in that chapel? Do you have an alternative activity? <laughs> and I'm not sure how our director answered it, but I guess my question is, which part of Gimli Bible camp don't you understand? You know, if campers come, oh, yeah, we're going to suggest an alternative activity? Like, what are you talking about? So, so things like that, little, little things like that. Um, I think of the, uh, the big bill that passed just last, what, um, September, just a year ago, the uh, Bill 18, Manitoba Anti-Bullying Bill Now Law. Uh, this, is, um, this is from the Associated Press, I believe, is where I got this from. And you're familiar probably with this bill. I think we talked about it when I was here last time. Uh, basically forcing schools to allow space for groups that clearly oppose uh, God and, uh, and the teaching of God's word. Uh, just definitely... Uh, I don't know what word to use aside from an infringement on uh, the freedom that we should have as citizens and uh, as uh, believers uh, in particular. I think of what's happening in British Columbia, and this is uh, from just a few weeks back, where uh, the uh, BC lawyers voted uh, 75-76% against accrediting the uh, new law school at Trinity Western University for no other reason than this university has Christian standards and, and has a, 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 like ethics uh, requirements for uh, their staff. And it's just a real sad day in Canada, sad day in Canadian law, that there's this closed door that any, you know, people that come through this school, because this school has standards, it will not, we will not accredit these lawyers. You know, it's kind of like, what kind of lawyers have we got in our country? It's a very, very sad day for Canada. Or we travel down to the States, and uh, uh, we were just sharing last night with the youth. We were talking about how, uh, you know, uh, Natalie and I had this uh, encounter with a gal back uh, a couple of years, in, years ago in Louisville, Kentucky. And just uh, over praying for a meal, she, it, it started a conversation, and through that we were able to lead her to Christ. And, uh, but Dublin, Georgia, August 5th, uh, prohibited praying in their food court. You know, if you can imagine that, that there was these believers gathered together in this food court in Dublin, Georgia, in the Bible Belt of all places of America, and uh, apparently the security from them all came and, you know, prohibited them. And, of course, there was, there was a backlash and, and all that, and uh, since then, the uh, mall officials have backed down and kind of rescinded their edict and stuff like that. 
Uh, just uh, a month or so ago, this big thing happened in Houston, Texas, where the um, uh, lesbian uh, mayor uh, basically had pushed through uh, an equal uh, rights ordinance, and uh, the churches uh, reacted to it. Now, just, just to give you a background on this ordinance, this law that this uh, lesbian gayer pushed through uh, bars businesses from discriminating against gays and transgender rent residents, and secondly, allows transgender individuals to choose whether to use a male or female restroom. So, in other words, it's kind of like if this person is a male but thinks he's a female, they kind of choose which bathroom they want. So the churches kind of said, this is crazy, you know. They got 50,000 petitions together, gave it to the mayor and said, you know, we, 50,000 people in the, in the area of Houston, uh, we're opposed to this thing. And, and so the mayor kind of came back at them and said, okay, we're going to take, we basically subpoenaed all the... Um, uh, sermons, the, the teachings of, of five prominent pastors in the area of Houston. And uh, I was sharing this with my brother, and his response was, Houston, we've got a problem, you know. And so, <laughs> so we see stuff like this happening, and especially in America, this great Christian country, uh, these, these uh, you know, direct attacks on believers, on pastors, you know, being required to send their sermons uh, into, you know, the stuff being subpoenaed, just unbelievable stuff in uh, America and, and also in Canada. And um, we talk about the Ukraine and the, the crazy things happening there. We don't hear too much of the religious uh, things that are happening there unless you uh, talk to our uh, national minister of uh, religious freedom, um, Andrew Bennett, which is a new government office that our government just, uh, just set up about a year ago. And uh, you can kind of see in the fine print some of the, these atrocities that... Uh, basically the Russian army, if we get right down to it, are doing as they're, you know, invading uh, Ukraine, uh, targeting anything that's not uh, pro-Putin kind of thing. And uh, definitely admire our uh, prime minister for taking a, a very strong stand in this particular situation. And for Andrew Bennett going over there and examining what is happening, like how um, uh, basically uh, priests have been kidnapped, nuns... Uh, have been detained, uh, worshippers intimidated, you know, all that kind of stuff happening in the Ukraine, even while we speak. And then we could talk about this awful thing in Nigeria of these schoolgirls taken from their homes, uh, basically forced to convert to Islam, and uh, there's four of them that escaped on the 12th of October, and they reported that every day these girls were being raped. It's just horrendous, horrendous stuff. These are uh, mostly Christian girls, uh, kidnapped from uh, their town in Nigeria. Just very, very hard stuff being lived by our fellow believers uh, around the world. Uh, China, in the last year, uh, there's been a program to demolish churches. At least 360 churches completely or partially demolished in the Zhejiang province. I probably totally massacred that pronunciation. Crosses ripped off of them. Churches demolished. You can read all about that in the Christian Post if you're not depressed enough already. <laughs> or Iraq, right? I mean, wow, what awful things happening in Iraq. I feel a bit like um, um, the TV show that's on at 10.30 at night, what are they called? Uh, Ven. Oh, man, mind, uh, the mind blank at the moment here. But uh, some of you guys know, uh, RVI, whatever. Um, anyway, the uh, 1,500 Christians massacred in Iraq in one day uh, when this ISIS thing was, uh, you know, flooding across the land, killing Christians. Uh, one and a half million Iraqis have been displaced. Of those, a half million are Christians. Uh, and, and you read the stories. I mean, it's just brutal, demoralizing, awful, awful stuff that 
regardless of beliefs, that people would be treating other humans the way they're being treated, uh, just absolutely unreal. If you look at the statistics of how many Christians have lost their lives, it's really alarming, and and it's kind of like taking a a step back at what's going on in our world. And, And of course, you've probably heard the statistic that from when Jesus walked on the earth to the year 1900, um, well, let's put it this way. The people that have died for the sake of Christ from 1900 till now, are, there's way more than died in the other 1900 years uh, since he walked the face of the earth. And even this year, 2014, it's alarming. The, there's been, I, I, I saw a graph, and the amount of Christians, the number of Christians dying in this year, it's it just spiked even from 2013. So it's a very, very uh, alarming thing happening in our world. And, and we kind of say, hey, we're comfortable here, you know, Manitoba, we've got it good, you know, Canada's a, a free country and stuff. But, you know, uh, when is it coming to our shores? When is it coming to our door? And uh, my friends, I guess my, what I say to you today is that the time to prepare is now. Because if we're, you know, if, if for example, if persecution comes and we decided then, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to stand for Christ, or, you know, by then it's too late. We need to draw a line in the sand now and say, you know what? I'm going to stand for Christ no matter what happens. Even if it costs me my life, even if I have to suffer, if I'm tortured for the sake of Christ, I will take a stand for Christ. How will you respond when you're staring down the barrel of a gun and, and like in the, some of the massacres in the schools in the States, they say, you know, do you believe in God? And it's just like, you know that if you say yes, your life is over. I'm going to look finally at Matthew chapter uh, 12 where Jesus gave us an admonition as we, or actually in Mark 13, as we look at uh, uh, how he directed his uh, followers. In Mark uh, 13, verse 9, he said, But watch out for yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils. You will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake for a testimony to them. I think a lot of that is talking about what uh, happened to Paul. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations, but when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And again, now is the time to... Uh, look at that in our lives. Am I, is my relationship with Christ grounded to the point that, you know, if someone were to burst through those back doors and say, you know what, the Christians that are here are going to die, the rest of you are free to go, what would be your choice? You know, would you say, you know what, I will stand for Christ. You know, I've, you know, I'm willing to live for him. I'm willing to die for him. He is willing to die for me. I'm willing to live for him. You know, are you willing to, uh, to give your life for him as he gave his life for you? Like I say, now is the time to prepare for uh, the things that are ahead. In the meantime, thankfully, we have the freedom in our land to worship and to learn together, to grow and to be strong as believers. And uh, let's use this time to, um, yeah, to prepare uh, for, uh, for whatever the future holds. Hopefully, it's more freedom. Hopefully, it's more times of blessing as we've enjoyed and times of worship together and learning and just the, the great things that we enjoy in this land. But if hardships come, my prayer is that I will stay strong to the end. My prayer is that each one here will as well. I know it's a little bit different uh, as a missions message, but I hope that that's kind, of, uh, that's kind of what God's been stirring in my heart recently. And so I just trust and hope that uh, that, that will find uh, good ground. 
Uh, our table at the back has got some of our new brochures, our brand new uh, little uh, Bible reference chart. Uh, you probably remember those if you've been around camp at all. They used to be pink and blue, um, one for the girls, one for the boys. But now uh, uh, they're all colorful and stuff, so you'll find it looks uh, about like that at our back table. And I think they've even got some donuts there. And so if you've kind of got the munchies, there's some donuts there. And uh, feel free to pick up uh, the, the magnets and that kind of thing. And uh, thank you for your support. We're so grateful for this church and how you support us uh, year after year. And just the, uh, the privilege of, of coming and sharing uh, the, in the services here as well. So let's pray, and I'll turn it back over to Vern. Lord, we thank you for the freedom in our land. Thank you for the blessing that we have enjoyed. And uh, Lord, I just think of even uh, our friends here in Killarney, uh, just being able to uh, get to know uh, the dear friends in this church over the last 30 years and uh, just the exciting things you've done and seeing uh, your work continue even uh, as the years go by. And I pray for myself. I pray for each one of my fellow believers here today. Um, Lord, we know the times are changing and even in the last uh, six months, last year, it's, it's uh, unbelievable, uh, the things that have changed in our world and the suffering that our fellow believers are enduring in places like Iraq and Syria, in um, uh, some of these African countries. And Lord, we, we ask for your mercy. We ask that, uh, that you, uh, for these dear people, we think of these girls that have been kidnapped and, and forced to convert to Islam and, and now being forced to marry these these soldiers or whatever, and we just pray that your mercy would be extended, that you would, um, yeah, in your mercy, set them free from that awful, awful bondage that they are in. And we pray for the, the perpetrators, this uh, group Boko Haram, that your spirit would break through their blindness and can convict them of uh, the awful things that they're doing. We pray for the, uh, uh, the people in Syria and Iraq as well, especially for our fellow believers, that you would... Um, Comfort them in this very dark hour as they've lost everything. And, and we just pray that, um, yeah, there too, that the people in ISIS, Lord, that you're, um, Lord, you're able to break through all this deception, all these lies that, that are guiding them. And so we ask you to do that. And we pray that you would have mercy on your people, and especially those, those that are suffering around the world. Uh, bless this church, and uh, may it continue to be a shining light in this community. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.